Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back. I am Virginia Herbers, the Director of Mission Formation here in the Division of Mission and Identity, and I am pleased to have Tim Hercules with us today, the Executive Director of Into Sloop. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be part of this. Thank you for it's, the invitation. It's great to have you here. So I always start these off with asking you to share a little bit about yourself, how you came to SLU, what your background is. Certainly. I am uh, certainly a Billiken through and through. I started uh, my journey with St. Louis University as an undergraduate student. When I started, I was actually thinking about doing physical therapy, but after a year and a half, I transitioned and did theology, philosophy, and business. Oh my Um, gosh. Yes, I know. And so I then ended up taking my first job with a company here based in St. Louis. And so left the institution for about five years, but then came back as a full-time employee uh, working within our Office of Student Financial Services. I had actually, during my undergraduate career, was a work-study student and had formed those relationships. And there was an opportunity that arose to be a student financial aid counselor. As Uh, a resident philosopher? Exactly. (laughs) No, I had the opportunity, you know, coming from a family of six kids, uh, my father died at an early age and I saw the struggles that my family went through on trying to identify and find a private education and, and seeing the value of that. So here I was on the other side working with students and families during that time of my early career here at SLU of talking them about the value of St. Louis University and also trying to help them navigate how to finance their education here at SLU. Yeah. And so through different periods of time, I uh, served in different capacities at the institution. Well, I also took advantage of the tuition remission benefit and did my master's in international business as well as my law degree. And so really over the course of the nearly 20 years that I've been at the institution, I've worked within enrollment and retention management. I helped and supported our students uh, from our TRIO programs, which supports students from low income, students with disabilities, and have really had a a wide range of opportunities. And then I also oversaw our uh, Office of International Services at one point. And then I know, you know, your other question was, you know, tell us a little bit about Into SLU and how did this kind of come to be? Yeah. Uh, You know, it was an initiative through our Enrollment and Retention Management Division at one period of time of really strategically thinking and figuring out how can we increase our international student enrollment. Okay. Um, International students can bring great diversity to our classrooms as well as to our campus community. Also um, supporting the diversity and connections with even our domestic students. And so St. Louis University partnered with this company called Into University Partnerships. Um, And Into University Partnerships is a company that is headquartered out of the United Kingdom, but they have over 30 different offices around the world that support international counselors. So I always describe, because some people don't always understand, when international students look to find a school or university, they go to an international agent or an educational counselor. Right. I would equate them 
similar to how we kind of um, might go to a travel agent. We go to the travel agent to figure out where to go or what to do. These students and families entrust that decision to be informed by these international counselors. And so INTO works really closely on making sure that these counselors are trained, that they're ethical, that they're supportive. And so that was one of the pieces that St. Louis University saw great value in partnering with this company to help expand our international reach. I know there's quite a lot to this, but in addition to that, so we help and support from the admissions and the recruitment side, um, but we also have our faculty that are here also located in Baraka Hall uh, with me. These faculty support our students and teach them English. So we have our overall ESL program housed here in in Baraka. And so in line with our institutional academic policies and mission, these faculty are dedicated to support and help these students with their English proficiency. In addition to their coursework. In addition to their coursework. So sometimes these students, depending on their English proficiency, they might come in and I kind of equate it to like a step approach. You know, they might be just taking academic English and then they transition and they'll take some English class, academic English classes, but also begin their content classes within their major, whether that's at the undergraduate level or the graduate level. Okay. And we also have wraparound services also co-located within our space for academic advising, as well as student support services to help with acculturation and connecting, you know, our students within campus and the domestic students. So I would say that, you know, into SLU is kind of a mini university within the university to really help and develop um, and support these initiatives. Holy cow, that's a lot going on. (laughs) It is. So are there targeted areas where we're looking for students or is it pretty much across the board? Great question. I would respond in two ways. One, it is across the board. I mean, we'd love to see international students through any of our, you know, undergraduate or graduate programs. We also help and support recruitment efforts for Madrid campus. Mm -hmm. The reality is that many international students seek to find a STEM designated degree, science, technology, engineering, or math. And the reason for that is because it gives the students after graduation an opportunity to work in the United States for up to three years. Okay. So there's also been an intentional focus really at the graduate initiative to identify some of these STEM type of programs to help increase our graduate enrollment as well. When we look at our overall historical international population, it has ebbed and flowed not only by number, but also by location. You know, five years ago, we had uh, many students coming to us from China. And today, political issues, as well as just the opportunity for travel outside of China at the present moment, they're still continuing with heavy lockdowns many Chinese students are not coming into the United States. Okay. Conversely, we've done a lot of work within India. And so many people that might be listening on the call probably see the influx of students from India coming onto campus, really for several of our graduate programs. 
I myself just came back from a recruitment trip to India, working with our regional office that I had talked about, as well as um, several of these key agents or educational counselors that have been helping to recruit for us. So yes, I would say there's intentionality on obviously driving growth for our graduate programs, but you know, we'd, we would love to see international students and we talk to agents as well as, you know, our regional teams uh, to try to help encourage additional enrollments within all of our programs. Yeah. So I'm trying to imagine, and just as a side note, I was fortunate enough to be able to spend four years teaching English in Taiwan. In the, oh my goodness. Kaohsiung, wonderful. Yeah. Yes. So I have kind of the backside experience of international students and I was in an elementary school and high school. So they were all like, that was the gold standard. They wanted to go to New Zealand or Canada or the United States or university. So I kind of understand that whole counselor reality. Yes. Here's a question for you. And I know it's impossible to generalize, but how would you characterize the experiences of the students as they're coming in now, particularly in this dare I say it, post-COVID world? You know, I'm always in awe with these students because I meet with them sometimes and see some of the conditions from which they come. I see the struggles that they have had in dealing with their application or trying to obtain a visa or connecting through multiple airports. There's so many different barriers that these students find themselves in. And yet the tenacity and the drive that they have is just remarkable. I mean, it is truly a gift to witness and support these students along this journey. They have so many struggles that they have just to even get to St. Louis, um, which is truly remarkable. How do you deal with the homesickness that these, these folks are experiencing? Yes. I mean, I too, you know, I um, studied at our Madrid campus, you know, so I can empathize for being away from home for a semester. Um, But the reality is these students, some of them are so far removed. I mean, my trip, for example, uh, just from India took well over 24 hours to travel and the food, the smells, the sounds, the taste, all of that is different. The way that we might cue for a line everything that these students are experiencing is different. And while the beginning can be exciting, you know, there's different periods of time in which they do struggle, you know, and they do have that homesickness. So we have programs whereby we try to connect students with other students from their country. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's always that familiarity that we all feel that that we can have when we were with somebody that is knows what home is like. Um, It's not an effort to converse. It's not an effort to explain. Exactly. And so we also, in some cases too, have language specialists. So when I spoke of, you know, many of our students obviously speak English, but when we had such a large population from China, we hired somebody who speaks Chinese so that um, while we want them to increase their English proficiency, sometimes when they are expressing, you know, fear or aloneness, it's easier just to say that in their own language. Um, And so we really try to be intentional and our faculty here, as well as our student experience assistant director, as well as our academic advisor, all very well versed in helping and supporting these students while they're in the classroom, as well as out of the classroom. So it is something that is very intentional and mindful 
to help and navigate students throughout their semester. Sure. And what happens during extended break periods on campus? So what happens over the Christmas break? What happens over summer break? Great question. So we've tried to increase the efforts to support the students during, you know, times of break or during the summer. I will say for summer, students that are still staying on campus, they often are taking classes and trying to catch up or do a minor or advance just their overall studies to maybe even lessen a semester. During winter, as well as, you know, Thanksgiving breaks or fall breaks, we try to make sure that students are placed in residential spaces that are open during the course of uh, the semester and during those breaks. There's also meal plan options, but we used to also have a host family program where we connected the students with host family participants that were either faculty, staff, or friends of St. Louis University. Um, This was a program that I had initiated when I was overseeing international services years ago, and that was another opportunity to help connect students, especially during break times as well. Is that program no longer in existence? To be honest, that is run by our Office of International Services, and I'm remiss to say I don't know if they've had the capacity to get that up and running again. I know that they've equally been challenged with, you know, welcoming and supporting so many students and initiatives at the present time. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so talk a little bit about your own experience with these students. Gosh, there's so many stories to share, I think, over the course of the years. You know, just the other day, I had a student in my office who is struggling to see if she can stay here at St. Louis University. The country from where she comes in Africa, there's a lot of instability. And here, you know, she and her father thought that they were going to have the resources and sent her here to the United States. So here, this, you know, student who is in our English program, trying to also learn a new language, let alone a new culture, is also faced with the challenge of the reality, can I stay here financially? And I spoke to her and tried to give her the compassion and making sure that she was set up for success. She apologized, first of all, her poor English. And I just said, oh my goodness, this is why you're here. Don't apologize we're here to help and support you. And when I asked her, I said, how are classes going? Her eyes lit up and she said, Tim, she said, I have learned so much in these past eight weeks. I think it's moments like that, you know, that give me the motivation, give me the inspiration to continue to do the work that I do. As I continue to grow in different positions and oversee a team and work with faculty, sometimes I don't always get those experiences that really helped instill my calling within higher ed and working at the institution when I was really focused with working with families and students in the very beginning. I had that direct relation. So, you know, it's also the moments where, you know, I see our admissions team that is day in and day out reviewing the admission documents of our students and making sure that they take this job extremely seriously so that they are referring or admitting students that could be successful. And so then it's also seeing our faculty and engaging service work through and, you know, within the classroom that give these students something that they may or may not have had before. And that enculturates them and blends them into our overall structure of what our mission is really called, you know, to be with and for others. Another story that I love 
working with one of our students from China years ago who came to my office and I had a statue of the Billiken on my desk. And she said, Tim, you look like the Billiken. And I looked at her and I said, no, no, no. So I wanted to correct her English. And I did. I said, no, you like the Billiken. She said, no, Tim, you look like the Billiken. And in my head, I thought, oh, my goodness, like this student needs to go back to our English program because she doesn't, you know. And I said, no, you like the Billiken. She said, Tim, she took it and held it up to my face. She's like, no, you look like the Billiken. That's awesome. It is so awesome because one, it reminded me to listen. These students, sometimes we are quick, or I'll say that day, I was quick to think that that student didn't know what she was talking about or that she needed to be corrected with her English. And so it reminds me to be patient, to be compassionate, to empathize some of their struggles on just even trying to translate in their head the thoughts that they have and then convert that into a different language. So those are some of the pieces that I think that I've learned. You know, another great story that I remember was working with one of our international students from China, and he embraced our Jesuit mission like none other. And the fact that he came from a family that had very limited resources when he grew up. He shared with me on how they had to ration food. And then with some of the growth in China and development, his family became very wealthy with um, apartments and developments. And so now this student had all of this wealth and his parents continued to want to give him a car or to give him additional clothes and name brand items. And he said, Tim, you know, I've learned a lot since I've been here at St. Louis University. And he said, it's not about that wealth. He said, if I have a sweater, it's keeping me warm and that's all I need. It's how do we take what we have and how do we help and share that with others? So when I hear that, I mean, I'm getting, you know, goosebumps because I still remember having that conversation with that student that one afternoon years ago. But the work that we do is transformational. And it's so important to keep that in mind, even when our email box is overblown or there's so many things that are coming. And it's it's just reflecting on those mission critical aspects and reminding and sharing those stories. So I love the fact that you, know, you all are doing um, these podcasts because I think it invokes hearing from others across campus of the great work that we all are doing and why we do it. And I did not ask you to say that. So thank you for that little plug. (laughs) Of course. I find it interesting that you use the word transformational. One of my pets recently has been considering Jesuit education as a project of societal transformation, which is something the Jesuits have used to describe their ministry of higher education, a project of societal transformation. So in listening just to that last story, the idea that that student would have picked up on the mission of SLU, maybe in his reading, maybe in classes, but more likely in the interactions with the people here. And that didn't just transform him. It transforms everyone he touches through him. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's really how Jesuit education is intended to work. hundred percent. I mean, I've been blessed and fortunate to have been educated by the Jesuits since high school. And I'm here because of that day that I entered Desmet Jesuit High School here in St. Louis and seen what world opened up to me because of the Jesuits, because of the teaching, because of the faculty, because of the different individuals. You know, another funny story, I mean, it just, it goes to show like the people that are here. As I shared with you, I did my undergraduate work here at St. Louis University. Mm-hmm. And I started out in physical therapy and struggled with trying to figure out what kind of degree I should go with. And so I was with my academic advisor, Angie Menard, day in and day out. She was a remarkable woman who continued to say that she would pray for me. And she knew that I was really trying to discern the right vocation in life. And fast forward like years after I had left SLU, um, I was attending a retirement party for one of the administrators here at St. Louis University. And there she was in DeBerg Hall. And she called me by name. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so either I say <laughs> that I drove her crazy, you know, that that's why she, you know, remembered me. But, you know, that's the people that are here that are truly making that impact and that care. And that she, I still remember her name and how she helped form and support me during a very challenging time of trying to navigate what was I going to do in life. And so it's that formation that we see both inside the classroom and outside the classroom that is really unique and special. Yeah. And look at the effect it had on you and now through you. So that ripple effect of how a charism and a mission work is just stunning in so it many is. ways. It is. It's great to be part of it. Yeah. Okay. So I don't even think we need to overtly talk about that mission statement because there you are. You just described <laughs> it <all> okay. <laughs> organically. So that was fantastic. Thank you for that. Sure. But what else about Intuslu do you want folks to know who are listening? Yeah, you know, I think Intuslu is, you know, an extension of the great work that others are doing on campus. We are a unique unit that is here because we have wraparound support from admissions to the faculty to academic advising to the support that we bring outside of the classroom with activities and the like. And it is a rewarding place to have positioned here within the institution to help foster and and develop some of our international initiatives that go in line with St. Louis University's mission. What a gem into SLU is here on campus and what a gift it is for us to be able to have as part of our larger community, all the international students we have. So yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing with these students. Thank you for everything you put into it, not just the time and the effort, but the heart. That's what makes things a little bit different here, yes. I believe. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. It's It's been a wonderful calling, and it's great to be part of this wonderful institution. So thank you for giving me the opportunity and listening to some of my stories that um, have been shaped, obviously, by the mission of St. Louis University. Yes, yes. And if anybody wants to get more involved or possibly make an offering to help in some way, shape, or form, you are in Baraka Hall, correct? In Baraka Hall. Hopefully, people will not forget my last name because it's rather unique of Hercules. They can drop <laughs> me an email 
at tim.hercules at slu.edu or come into Baraka Hall. We're on the first floor. We have popcorn that's fresh every day and that they can come and enjoy and um, or have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and learn more about the program and the work that we do or connect with some of our initiatives. That would be wonderful. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and know that you are kept very close in our prayers. Oh, thank you so much. And for all of you listening, don't forget to follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud but seems to be hidden in plain sight, give us a heads up so we can highlight the good work being done here in our community. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, in this year of hope, let's continue to celebrate together the gift of walking with youth in the creation of a hope-filled future. Because mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.